gang. How are you? How is your week going? Ah, I hope it's going very well. Uh, have you missed me? Because, god damn it, I've missed you. Uh, welcome, gang, uh, to a brand new episode and a brand new season of Terribly Funny. Uh, this, of course, is the podcast where I, your host, Steve Bazelon, talk to uh, very, very funny people, much funnier than I, about terrible things that have happened to them. Uh, it's, it's a delightful time. It's a romp. It's got a lot of feelings. And uh, here we go, the brand new episode. Uh, today, starting, continuing the trend of great episodes for the brand new season, we have the very, very funny, very talented writer, director, comedian, Allison Raskin. What can I tell you about Allison? Well, she has a YouTube channel uh, just between us that is wildly popular, very good, and, uh, and also uh, she has uh, the co-host of that channel just between us is a former terribly funny podcast guest, Gabby Dunn. The two of them uh, are a real odd couple, uh, and they're delightful. Their, their, their chemistry is palpable. Also, she's done a ton of other things. She's uh, worked with BuzzFeed. She um, has developed pilots for Fox and YouTube Red. And also, she and Gabby just wrote their debut novel, I Hate Everyone But You, which is great. Check it out. It's their first one off the bat, and it's already a New York Times bestseller. The point is, she's very talented, she's very delightful, and she was very kind to welcome me, uh, welcome me into her office to talk about uh, fun stuff like, you know, chemical imbalance, uh, uh, chemical imbalances, and young depression, and obsessive compulsion, and all sorts of just aces, really, really fun stuff. Uh, she's wonderful, she's fantastic, and we're going to get to that in just one second, but before we do... Let me say this, gang. If you like this podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, go to our iTunes page, give us a rating, give us a review. Sincerely, if you haven't, but you've been meaning to, do it. It's a brand new season. Get the word out. This is a fun little hobby for me, but I love it when people uh, enjoy the show. I also love when people reach out. Honestly, the emails that you guys send me are a big reason why I do this. Uh, it's very heartening to know that this is this little uh, hobby of mine is um, making some sort of indelible mark or any difference at all. That's wonderful. So drop us a line at terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. Also check us out on, on Twitter. It's terribly underscore funny. Instagram, it's terribly funny podcast. You see guests, uh, pictures of my guests, my very, very attractive guests, and also uh, Duncan, my 15-year-old uh, wiener dog. He's there sometimes. He's the unofficial mascot. So all around, it's a great time. We're a great follow. Check us out. That's it. I'm done with that boring spiel. And now we're going to get to the good stuff. And the good stuff, of course, is Allison Raskin. Buckle up, gang. Here we go. Brand new episode of Terribly Funny coming at you. No, I love to be honest in my real life. I just have a problem doing it publicly. Sure. Or not honest, but sincere. Like, yeah, it just makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I kind of tend to agree with you, but I do like that it's kind of a upswing trend. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the 90s and aughts, like, all comedy was so jaded and shitty. And so yeah. very fun, but like... Well, I guess what I'm afraid of is being earnest without also being funny. Yeah, well, I, I think yeah. those things are not mutually exclusive. No, though. yeah. I think um... All right, so where to start? Um, hmm. I mean, my childhood sad. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it's... Great place to start. Classic. Uh-huh. Four years old. Uh-huh. Severe OCD. Oh, wow. Lie down in the middle of the street and attempt to kill myself at, at four. four? <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you understand? <laughs> did you understand the consequences of that at that age? I think so. Yeah. I said to my dad, I was like, um... I need to see a doctor. Something inside of me is making me sad. 
Oh wow! Yeah, that's very prescient for a, a small child. Yeah, I mean, I was I was really smart. Yeah, <laughs> sure, clearly you're but a career. <laughs> but that like that honestly like made it harder because I knew something was so wrong. Right. Um, I, you know what I've been noticing a lot recently is that this is like so pathetic. But a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I was like in a pool with my parents in mm-hmm. Mexico, and my dad very like nice. very earnestly said to me, "I never thought you'd have a normal life." Oh wow! And like that really hit hard because like I never thought I would either. And so now, like when I just like go through these base like baseline experiences. And I'm able to enjoy them and feel accepted and like part of the group. I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like my best friend's wedding was this past weekend, and the fact that like, like she's my best friend. Like, I've I've known her for years. I've known the groom for years. I've known them both their entire relationship. I'm like, I see them all the time. Like, I went to her brother's wedding with her. Like, we're very close. But even when she like asked me to be her maid of honor, I had this like. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> yeah. And it's like so interesting. And then like to throw the bachelorette party and like actually have a good time and like feel a part of this group of like girls and like you know it's like I'm still like playing catch up with like what it means to like fit in, huh. even though I'm almost twenty nine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like that's that's like the point when you start to like gain perspective on things because you're not dealing I feel like the mid-20s early 20s are just like I think I always had perspective I just couldn't uh, I I just couldn't um, get to a place where I was like stable enough to enjoy things right and like I would like lose friends and like I you know like I was in a sorority college and then I dropped out so I like didn't have any friends and I just like the fact that like my friends now I had for years yeah and like I I don't feel like I'm in trouble of losing them yeah is like feels like a bigger accomplishment than like anything else in my life so like the fact that like oh there's stability yeah in my friendships is like unbelievable to me that's fantastic did you when your dad said something to like that to you was that like a very like cathartic moment with something like you had been thinking about or just kind of like gave clarity in that moment I guess I never understood like I always thought things were bad but I also didn't understand the outside perspective because there's parts of me that's like oh I'm just being a little bitch like I'm just sure well we always like we always moralize whatever we're feeling like it's fine Stop. yeah yeah um, but to know that like it was that bad or like like, they almost pulled me out of college, they almost pulled me out of high school, like, you know, to, like, realize that, like, oh, okay, I wasn't just being a little bitch. <laughs> like, things were bad. Yeah. And, like, I got out of that. It has been, like, very reassuring. Was it always, you said when you were four, you were, how does that, man, well, a couple questions. How does it manifest itself when you're four years old? How does a, the obsessive compulsion, um, what does that look like? So, I had something, um where I got strep throat, mm-hmm. and then it, a couple, I don't know how long after, like, the OCD flared up really badly. Um, it's called pandas, and, um, I mean, I was, like, my per- my entire personality changed. Mm-hmm. So I went from being, like, very carefree and easygoing, and, like, as a four-year-old, but you can tell with kids. I mean, kids have personalities. Yeah, very much so. Um, my niece is about to turn four, and so you actually absolutely have one, and it's demanding. Sure. Um, but um, I just, like, got... I just got freaked out and I just like my hands were raw from washing them and I like oh, wow. I remember being a little kid and like they I got like 
like dropping my stuffed animal on the floor and then like not wanting like having to be like well that's it I can't have that again because it's you know and then like another time like touching the floor and then being rewarded with the stuffed animal for being able to touch the floor and like I guess there was like a period of time where like couldn't tell my parents I love them because I was afraid I was lying and I didn't want to lie and right. I mean it's just like classic shit um well, it's interesting. I feel like the lie stuff kind of makes sense because that's when you're, like, dealing with, like, this new kind of moral compass at that age. It's just being, like, implemented. But, like, yeah. at four, if you're, like, a germaphobe, that's... Because your whole life is germs when you're that age. You're, like, yeah. in a petri dish at school. Everywhere right. you go, like, you're small, so you're touching tiny things. It's, that's what I mean, I just remember just, like, I don't... I didn't want to go to sleepovers because I was, like, worried that the sheets wouldn't be clean. Oh, Jesus. Like, my, my thoughts were... Cons- my thoughts are still, but not to the same extent, like, consumed with cleanliness. Wow. <laughs> and it's not even about being sick. Like, I was never afraid of being sick. I'm just afraid of being contaminated. Huh. That's really... And what... Do you know, like, how that was implemented or like how that was that seed was planted or no, just it's something just like whatever happened to the brain yeah like yeah i mean i went on prozac at four oh, wow. um, and so like i've yeah i mean i i think i just grew up like not liking myself mm-hmm. and to now like being a place where i like myself is like wow <laughs> that's like the goal that's yeah like the real goal of this whole thing totally um was that like a i can only imagine as a parent it's gonna be like a really hard to sit hard to see your child struggle but then even harder to be like we're gonna put a four-year-old on a a big-ass drug well i was so lucky that my parents took charge Mm -hmm. and like immediately got me to doctors like they came on like so fast they thought i had like a brain tumor oh wow so um they like like no no waiting like got me help and like therapy was not an option it was required and like i had to take my med you know like and they treated it like they would any other sickness and I think that that's huge and I think that's something just not enough parents do yeah um, but I feel very bad for what I put them through obviously <laughs> yeah but it's also what a, like a, a beautiful moment your dad's like you're having a normal life I feel <laughs> yeah. so grateful for that I know we're swimming in a pool a lot of other people have been in this pool probably <laughs> I was always years. okay with pools pools well because it's water yeah and because I was like after the pool, you shower. Sure, and that's the reward. Like, right, or yeah. like, yeah, like it wasn't like, and then I have to go about my day. Um, so when being four years old and going on Prozac, did you, do you remember? Like, it's also like, there's like a lot of studies that like a lot of people don't really have a lot of cognitive memory until like five or so. So like, yeah, I don't remember a lot of my childhood. Yeah. And I think I probably like blocked out a lot of it. Sure. Just, yeah, so a lot of it's just like stories and stuff, but I mean, up until last year, things were really, like, I went through a breakup and things got really, really bad again, and I had to go back on meds, and, like, I hadn't been on meds since I was 21, and, oh, now, wow. I, and now I'm like, fuck, why was I not on these the whole time? Right. Was that, was that, like, a little bit like you were talking about earlier, like, I'm just being a little bitch, like, did you feel like I can handle this on my own, and it's like, a point of pride? Yeah, I mean, I felt like I was in a place where I... I really think that I actually was in a place where I did not need them until maybe a few months before I went on. Right. So basically what happened was I was I was really bored mm-hmm. and things were, like I had a lot of contracts on their way but nothing to do all day. Sure. And that is when my brain starts to just eat itself. Just and, spin. Yeah. And so the boredom 
like really spiraled and then the I think that that led a lot to the breakup and then that compounded with the breakup mm -hmm. like I lost it it's just like a, a mass sum of everything yeah is, is it, when you say you lost it, is that is it manifest itself the same way it did when you were four? Is it like just go to compulsions, or is it just more depressive? Um, depressive, anxious. Like I was, I was suicidal. Like if I hadn't, mm -hmm. if I had not felt like taking my life would have ruined so many other people's lives. Sure. Like I didn't want to be alive. Um, and then I went on to loft. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I think I just had. I think I had been not taking care of my mental health, and then that caught up with me. And so I'm like, normally I'm much more diligent about it, but I like had been. Right. Just even like speaking so frankly about the like, is that was that something that took a long time for you to get to a place? Because I've I've been fortunate enough that I've like had. Uh, definite depression but all mine has been mostly circumstantial like I was sick for a long time mm -hmm. and after being sick for like seven years I was like I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to be around for this yeah. but that was mostly circumstantial when that was taken away there was like there was always a cause and effect so like when I, yeah. I could wrap my mind around it even if I but like I know when I uh, the people in my life who have had a lot of problems with bipolar and antidepressive uh, it's hard for the it's it, there was a point in which they were ashamed to admit that they felt that way. Was that like a big turning point of just like even saying like I don't want to live or admitting that to other people? No, I always admit it. Yeah. Yeah. That seems I mean, very healthy. Yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, I think it's unnerving for people to hear, sure. but um, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's like obviously mine has always been circumstantial to an extent, but it's like. You kind of have to, like, I think of it sort of like you're on a balance beam or a tightrope, and it just depends how sturdy you are at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because if you're in a sturdier place, then, like, that wind won't push you off. But if you're already, like, tipping, then it, yeah. then it will. And so, like, I was, you know, already waving in the wind. Um, and so what I'm trying to get to is just a place where, like, regardless of what level of intensity the wind is, I won't fall off completely. Right. Um, and so there's always that fear that I will, but I truly feel like in the last year um, that I've, like, reached a place I've, I've never reached before yeah. in terms of stability. Yeah. That's fantastic. What do you, do you think that's primarily Zoloft, or do you think that is, like, a, just a maturing? I think it's a bunch of things. I think it's my age. I think it's the level of, of career success I've been able to have. Um, I think it's, I'm in a new relationship that feels completely different and I feel safe in for the mm -hmm. first time. That's um, great. Yeah, and uh, also medicine, mm -hmm. and also continuing therapy, and you know, and like being, like, I had done a lot of work previously to that breakdown, so I think that like that sent me back a little bit, but I was already like doing better, you know, right. better overall, and so the, the medicine really helps a lot with the cleanliness stuff like yeah. I still feel anxiety I still whatever but like the fact that I'm like can have a cat in my apartment yeah. was like something I just never thought I could do mm. and so the I really lean into the idea of like who you think you are is like a figment of your imagination mm. and that you can change sure and I think a lot of people think they can't um yeah I think that's probably true I mean I think people are always constantly working towards change, right? I think 
think a lot of people just assume this is who they are and that's it. Yeah. And that's really frustrating to me because I know for a fact that's not true. Let me ask you, like, based off of that, like, do you feel like uh, you've made, like, strides in terms of um, health and awareness? But, like, do you think, like, tenets of your personality have really changed? Uh, yeah, absolutely. My personality has changed. But in a way, I would almost argue that my, that, that I'm actually letting my personality come out for the first time. Where, That's like, got to feel great. Yeah, like, where, like, I, like, I'm an animal lover, and I used to be too afraid of mm. contamination to touch animals, you know, and, like, the fact that I can now do that is, like, amazing, and that's who I want to be, and that's who I've always wanted to be, and, like, like, I think that my true personality is, like, is kind of, like, that carefreeness mm. that, like, I was before I got sick, and, like, easygoing, and, like, you know, and my friends will be like, you're right, but, like, <laughs> so much of the parts of me that aren't that are the anxiety, are the OCD. It's not really my personality. Right. And so, so kind of like separate those two things has been huge. Yeah, and is that like frustrating when people when your friends are like, yeah, right? And you're like, no, it's that's it's, <laughs> come, it's there. Just give it a chance. I actually think that my friends have like really noticed the difference. Yeah. yeah. But I'm lucky to have great friends. So. Yeah. I think that's also another thing of like getting older, just like everybody's. When you're a little bit younger, everybody's a little bit navel gazing. Not in a bad way, because it's just like, fuck, what, what am I supposed to do here? I don't really know what that term means. Uh, just, uh, I think you're always <laughs> looking inward, just like kind of focused on your own shit. Oh, um, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. not narcissistic, but just like, you know, f- philosophizing, waxing poetic about like your own fucking existence. Like, right. Um, I have a question for you, because this is a thing that I often felt when I was sick. Uh, like secretly I kind of felt like uh, almost like a little bit of a because overcoming that or just going through that felt like a little bit of a superpower to a degree mm-hmm. like I was like if I am out in the world and interacting and still have all these uh, you know weights heaped upon me like I am I am the most powerful man alive <laughs> you know like do you ever feel like you know like because you've gone through this you're like have a little bit of an edge on other people because you've like managed to build like a very enviable career while going through all this kind of fucking hardship. I definitely feel like I had to do the work everyone has to do earlier mm-hmm. and that helped. Like, right. I see some of my friends now experiencing existential crises for sure. like the first time and like that completely rocking their world. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I always had that <laughs> and I've always had to work on myself and I've always had to, to work towards better so yeah I mean in a way like I'm sure by the time I'm 35 I'll be like thank god I went through all that because now I'm the best yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think of that more like in terms of like past versions of myself that right. I'm like I'm, I can't tell what other people's thoughts are right I assume as boring as mine yeah but maybe for not sure. probably yeah I've just been singing full songs in my head lately. Like I was just driving without music, just like like in my head, just like not singing them out loud, but just like going through full songs. Why not out loud? That was the thing. That would have ruined it. Sure. Horrible singing voice. (laughs) (laughs) In your your head, you sound amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That is the everybody. Everybody's very cool in the life of the party. Right. Mm -hmm. The expectation. you said in uh, uh, that when you got on Zoloft, you like look back and like, why didn't I do this earlier? Mm-hmm. Is there like a lot of regret tied up into like getting to the place that you are now? Like, fuck, 
I wish I, I would have known. Regret is tricky because, like, the only things I regret is, like, things I had no control over. Like, why didn't they give me that TV show? Like, right. you, why didn't that sell? But, like, sure. those are regrets. But I don't regret anything that I've chose, any decisions that I've made because it, and then I wouldn't be where I am. Yeah. Like, if I'd done anything differently, who knows, like, what would have, you know, it's like sliding doors. Yeah, I mean, I think that is, like, a... Uh, I, th- I agree with you, so subsequently I think that's very healthy. <laughs> I agree with that, but like I feel like uh, six years ago I had my colon removed and like to eradicate the sickness, yeah. and like a lot of people, and like as soon as I had, it was like a garbage four months, five months, and then as soon as I was like healthy-ish, I was, you know, weighed 100 pounds, but I was like, oh my god, my life's back. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people after that asked me like, do you regret not doing it earlier? And I... In theory, I guess, because it would have been nice to have less time spent that, but then I think the inverse of that is like, had I not gone through all that stuff, I may have already always been asking what if, or I may not have been ready, or I may not have been prepared, or not right. like, to the point where like, okay, now I'm, uh, I feel resolve in doing, making this decision. Such a stupid question. Yeah, I mean, it is, but it's also, I think it's also natural, because like, everybody, isn't that like, Everybody wants to feel like they're not missing out, that they're they're not wasting their time in their life, right? Yeah. But, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm sorry, I'm gonna go pour yeah, yeah. sugar water in my voice not sugar needs water. Uh, I don't know, like what is life? Oh there you <laughs> like, go. If you think about it, it's all so dumb. The best thing we can do is just be nice to each other. Oh yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. that it's it's everything, it's very easy. Like everything is just a distraction from feeling stuff Uh I mean like you know we want careers so that makes us feel good so we don't have to feel bad well yeah I don't think that the human mind was meant for this much downtime you mean because like evolutionary leaves to like just focus on simple things like hunting and gathering yeah now that we don't have to do that as much or a lot of people don't you know then like you just have your thoughts and they drive you insane they do drive you insane, but isn't like that also like when a lot of like the steps forward have come from? Like if you look back at like uh, uh, Greek, <laughs> like that's like all the great like philosophers, or even just like the people who are just able to sit and think, which is maddening. But that's where like a lot of maybe clarity comes from. I guess so. Even just talking about this makes me nervous. It's, it's a little bit weird, yeah, because yeah. it's all just kind of bullshit. I like can't let myself think about purpose and. Life and it's a bummer. It's like really, really sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, it, it, as I said, I was walking out here. I bought a place a little while ago, like six months ago. And the previous place I lived in, I was there for like eight, nine years. And I previous place before that was seven years. Oh wow! And I like had the same furniture the whole time, so it was all like that early twenties, like mm, uh, yeah. found, found it on a curb or IKEA that yeah. should have been thrown away a long time ago. <laughs> So like I got a place that had been worked at for a long time, so I like got rid of all the furniture except for mm-hmm. like a bed. So right. like, it was building a home, and yeah. it was like took a long time, and it was like expensive, and it was fun. But like some days I'd wake up and I'd be like, "This is so fucking pointless. <laughs> this is like, this is so dumb. And yeah. why don't I just take this time and energy and money and put it towards helping other people? And then yeah. the other side would be like one side, and the other side would be like. Well, I, I want my home to feel nice. I want to feel safe here. And I worked, so it's like this contradiction yeah, of like, yeah. yeah. Like it's you, always like, are you doing enough? No, you're never doing enough. So you might as well just enjoy not doing enough. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Um, when you said you were at high school, college, and your like, parents thought about like pulling you out of that, was that like always 
uh, was the oldest like always kind of manifesting itself in the same way, or did it like evolve so you like couldn't get a handle on it? Well, I've always been very high functioning, mm-hmm. so I think if you weren't my parents, you did not know the extent of right. stuff. So it wasn't like I was ever like doing badly in class or anything, or not fulfilling my obligations. But I was just like messed up right. in the head. Yeah. Um, I mean, it almost feels like hard to connect to that person now. Um, but like sometimes I'll have flashes of it, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, I used to feel like this all the time." Yeah. It must have been so exhausting. <laughs> yeah, man. When you're like moralizing shit, it's fucking exhausting. Or yeah, and just like feeling so anxious and so angry and sad and mad and like like just like it was very caught up in relationship stuff and being obsessive with boys and and waiting for that text back and like not being able to focus on anything other than that and like so um it's like you know it's like relationship OCD I had a lot of that too um and so yeah I don't know do you find like is that why do you think to a certain degree like uh, you said like a, a thing that has helped you like feel calm and solace is like the level of you know arbitrary not success that you found uh, professionally do you feel like part of the reason you found that is because it was like an outlet and distraction or do you think it was like a drive I've always really really wanted a career and yeah. have always been very ambitious and so I think that in a way my OCD has helped me achieve that because right. I like never don't do my work and I'm never late and I'm always, you know, I'm obsessively trying to accomplish something. Um, so there's good and bad of everything. Right. right. Do you, uh, thing I ask, I think, tend to ask everybody is just like advice. Um, advice for like how to anybody else who is kind of either going through something like this, has gone through this, like, um, perspective on that, how to handle something that really knocks you in the teeth. Yeah, I the biggest change that's happened for me is how I talk to myself, mm-hmm. and I think that we are so trained to talk to ourselves in such negative ways, and to on top of feeling anxious, on top of feeling depressed, be like you idiot, why do you sure. feel this way? And like you got to get rid of that, and yeah. you ha- and I, a lot of like what I do is like, like. At this wedding, right? Like, I didn't like the way that I looked. Like, I'm, I've gained a lot of weight from those all off. I, my hair looked insane. Like, I just, like, wasn't feeling myself. <laughs> but, like, I was like, it is not my wedding. Yeah. Like, this, it just, it just does not matter what I look like. Right, right. You know? And, like, obviously, like, there's part, like, there's parts of me where I'm like, no, I wish, you know, like, I don't like looking at the photos. I don't like looking at the video. But, like, at the same time, it's like, it wasn't my wedding. It doesn't matter. Right. You know? And, like, to just, like, to realize that, like, no one's paying as much attention to you as you think. Sure. So you can mess up a lot more mm-hmm. and get away with it. Yeah. And the other big thing I always say is if you're worried about being judged for something, think about if you would judge someone else for that same thing. Right. And most of the time the answer is no. <clears throat> like we hold ourselves to these expectations we don't hold anybody else to. Yeah, but we are... If, I think if somebody else spoke to me the way I speak to myself. You would like, get fuck you, get out of my, I don't need you in my exactly. life. Exactly. And but you some, have to like, mm-hmm. stop talking to yourself that way. Yeah, I, um, I think when I was younger, like, uh, college and like 20s all the way through, I never was like a big pothead because I feel like whenever I got high, like that internal voice would be like, shut up. 
you sound like an idiot. Oh, so, really? Yeah, like it would come out more, like the Homer Simpson kind of yeah. internal monologue. Um, and not that I smoke a bunch of pot now, but like I feel like what I do now, it doesn't come out as much. And it never occurred to me, but I feel like just when you said that, it like kind of clicked. Like, I wonder if that means I'm healthier. Probably. Or perhaps a little less self-critical, or at least in a destructive way. Yeah, I mean, the only things you should really hold yourself accountable for is like, are you hurting other people? Mm-hmm. If you're not, great. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, if you're not, then like, don't beat yourself up about stuff. Yeah. Like, make achievable goals, try to follow through on them, and then don't hurt other people. You said, uh, I think, my favorite thing you've said thus far is like, all this is dumb, we should just all be nicer to each other. <laughs> do you feel like that is, do you find that that is a, a, a constant struggle? Oh yeah, I'm not inherently nice. Yeah? Like, I think I am maybe more than some people, but like, being friendly takes work. And we think that mm-hmm. some people sort of take this mentality of like, I'm not a friendly person, or I'm not warm, but like, that's work. It's something that you have to like, it's like a choice. It's like a muscle. It's like, and I think that directing has actually helped me a lot with that. Because when you're the director, your mood sets a mood for everybody on that set. And I sort of try to like take that mentality to everything. Where like, if my mood, like even like being a maid of honor, like if my mood is good, Mm -hmm. the bride's happy. The bridesmaids, everyone's happy. You know, like you can't, like that's a, People always like want to work hard and they want to like achieve things and do things well, but like if you just have a good attitude, that yeah. does like eighty percent of it for you. Yeah, and I do think there's something to be said that like it doesn't always have to be hundred percent authentic. No like, way. Correcting something like you don't have a choice. You just have to like if you're yeah. in a shitty mood, you can't let that. And also, I think it kind of manifests a destiny to a degree. Like if you act like you're happy, sometimes it totally works. Yeah. Like you can get yourself because you don't let yourself get to that dark place. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. I think, um, is there anything else you'd like to kind of delve into or? Um, no, I just hope Sugar never dies. Oh no, she's... She'll live forever. She looks like she, I mean, she's eating that bone. Yeah. She seems like she's I don't think I'll recover from that, but hopefully... Oh, buddy. Yeah. My dog's, as I said, 15 and a half, and it's like, it's weird that... Uh, I've had my mom had died, and I've had all my all my grandparents except for one, and like a lot of just like random family members. I've like had, there's been a fair amount of death in my life, but none of them has really made me feel my mortality as much as seeing my dog get old. Because he's a ch- he's like your baby. He's your baby, but it's also like it's like um, it's not Benjamin Button. That's either way, but it feels like it's Jack syndrome. Because like <laughs> it's like aging. Like I can so see fast, the aging. Yeah. For everybody else, you're aging. You know, mm-hmm. cohesively together, whereas like you know, two years ago he could take stairs, and now or two years ago, six months ago, and now he can't. It's just like a weird thing. It's yeah. made me feel old and fragile in a way that like my mother died. Oh, no. It's very bizarre because I think it's like yeah, you're like I am in charge of you. You're my yeah. lord, mm-hmm. but also I see, I actually see the movement. Right. Like I'm seeing the Colorado River make the Grand Canyon. I guess my other, my only piece of advice is animals. Is I think people are just so much happier when they have animals in their life. Yeah, man. Even when they're kicking the dick, they're still great. Mm-hmm. You'll replace them. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you going to bring in the replacement prior to the departure? Oh, yeah, just so look at this. This is the new you. (laughs) So that's your last thought. Um, Thanks so much, man. Of course. Thanks for having me. uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Sugar. Thank you, Sugar. I see evidence of 
there you go, gang. Market. Another episode of Terribly Funny. What a delight. Isn't she great? Uh, I, I told you she was going to be right, and she was. She fucking delivered. Thank you, Allison. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for welcoming me into your office, for uh, uh, taking time out of your day. You're wonderful. Uh, seriously, support this lady. She's very talented. She's very funny. If you've not seen their YouTube channel, uh, go to Just Between Us. Also, check out their debut novel, I Hate Everyone But You. It's delightful. Um, and if you want to see what else is going on with Allison, you can check her out on Twitter. It's at Allison Raskin. That's two L's in Allison. At A-L-L-I-S-O-N-R-A-S-K-I-N. Same thing in Instagram. Uh, that's it. That's all I got for you this week. We're going to be back with some new episodes. I think you're going to like them. I know you're going to like them. Uh, in the meantime, let me say a couple other thank yous. Thank you to Julia Potten, Kingdom Flying Club for Art Music, to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes, and to thank you to Duncan for sitting beside me and not barking at passing cars, ruining uh, my intros and outros. He's the real hero here. The real hero here. Her, her. Ugh. Okay. Well... Uh, you know, we, we do the best we can here, gang. Uh, and in, and in light of that, you guys have a great week. Continue the best you can. And I'll, I'll talk to you next week. That's it. Don't text and drive, okay? I love you. Bye.